Hey there, this is Matt April, and welcome back to another episode of the Bent on Better podcast, where better means becoming the best you in health, fitness, and overall wellness. This is the show where we use real-life stories and tips to help you learn and improve to make sure you're always getting better. In this episode, I chat with the extreme yogi, Brittany Policastro, the founder and head instructor at livingbeyondasana.com, where Brittany teaches her audience about the many layers of yoga and how to go beyond mastering the poses. We discuss dynamic meditation, how to meditate without keeping quiet, how to shake it up, and how meditation led to a surprise police visit for Brittany. Okay, Brittany, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Matt. I'm happy to be here. I'm excited to have you. And uh, I reached out to you a while back because my now cousin-in-law, Colleen, yes. formerly Colleen Bolin, said that she learned everything about yoga from you. You are the person <laughs> who got her started in yoga. So wow. before we even get into anything with our show, can you just take a moment and introduce yourself, who you are, and what you do for a living? Sure. Uh, so my name is Brittany, and I have been teaching yoga for the past uh, 12 years. And uh, my my relationship, which I like to call it, with yoga has really uh, transformed over the years. It's I've really grown into uh, where I am today. Uh, it started out, I started practicing yoga uh, with a bunch of uh, people that were probably about 30 or 40 years older than me. Uh, my first class was a restorative class where we pulled our knees into our chest and just kind of laid there. And I found this profound uh, connection even just by doing that. And within one year of my first yoga class, I was in a small teacher training. It was only like 50 hours for my first one. And uh, within a year, I was teaching uh, 13 classes a week. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. So it, it, it really, uh, yoga found me. Uh, it, it informed me kind of, of, of where I needed to go and what I needed to do. And that process took about 12 years. And I'll say that the big shift for me was in about 2007 when I took a uh, fuller teacher training and I really started to learn the aspects of the physical practice of yoga in a deeper way. Uh, for the time before that, about four years of teaching, it was hard for me to really commit to being a, a yoga teacher uh, fully because the stigma of being a yoga teacher wasn't what it was today. It was more like, oh, you do yoga? Oh, well, <laughs> at least you work out at your job. That's great. So, so I, you know, I, um, I, struggled with really owning at that that was what I was going to do for my career because I, I was um, I was on track to go to law school uh, when I was 21 and right before I found yoga I shifted that I'm also a writer and um, I decided not to go to law school and then within a year of that I found I found yoga and started teaching it and then in 2007 I found this teacher training that allowed me to really use my brain in a, in a in a bigger way and I committed to teaching yoga fully and then from there uh, I started getting into uh, much deeper work. I um, In 2008 I signed up with uh, Off the Mat Into the World. It's an organization run by uh, Sean Korn, Hala Corey, and uh, Suzanne Sterling, the yoga community and I raised $20,000 to um, 
support the Cambodia Children's Fund through this organization. And we went to Cambodia for 14 days and worked with children and orphanages. And uh, it was really powerful. And it was work that completely changed the trajectory of my life. Uh, even though I was moving towards, I was in yoga and I was doing it, I still wasn't fully living it. I wasn't embodied. Uh, and then from there, I um, the next year I took a four-month trip around the world. I went to uh, Brazil, Tanzania, and India and um, did a lot of deep work. I fundraised for that trip as well. And that kind of took me back home where uh, from that time I did some deep meditation work there. Uh, everything really changed and I started uh, Beyond Asana, which is um, my, my business today. And I also uh, started a teacher training in which uh, our teacher trainees uh, based in Philadelphia can raise funds uh, to uh, each one raises $5,000. And with that money, we travel to different um, underserved uh, places in the world and we build schools with a partner organization called Build On. So that's kind of my my emotional and my professional background kind of mixed up in one. <laughs> that's so cool. I, I mean, it, it's really humbling to hear other people in the world do, putting out so much. I mean, 20, you said $20,000? You raised $20,000. Yeah, and about... Well, it was supposed to be in eight months. It wound up being in like three months with $10,000 being in the last month. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. Yeah, it was pretty cool. <laughs> how, how did you do that? I mean, can you tell me? Yeah, sure. Um, well, that, the funny thing is that's what we do with our students now. We kind of help coach them and hold space for them to do the same thing, but on a smaller scale. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm really good at, uh, at planning things. So um, I created a something that I called uh, like a, a yoga tour, which was kind of like a bar crawl, but for <laughs> yoga, <laughs> where I got, um, I think about like 10 or 11 local studios around the Philadelphia area participated in it in 2008. And um, for, I think it was a Saturday and a Sunday, we um, did like each class, like was like each studio taught a class and all of that money went to my cause. And um, so I did that. That that helped a lot. And then I also um, I created uh, T-shirts. I started a platform called One World Many Hearts just to kind of like it was a website and it was a way for me to just kind of uh, spread my message. And and then I all I did like things just came to me. It was uh, I feel like when we're when we're aligned with our purpose that things just they work and they flow. And um, after that uh, that big yoga tour I did like I didn't necessarily raise all the money and I was I was feeling like down and depressed because I was like oh no that was like my eggs were in that basket <laughs> and um somebody had had come to me wanting me to do this little like yoga demo at this gym and I really didn't want to do it and they were like oh just do it and I was like fine I'll do it and I wound up getting uh somebody from a restaurant came up to me this awesome jazz club and was like I want to because I talked about what I was doing he's like I want to support you and I want to, you can have my, my club and for the day and it's free. And uh, I did that. And the funny thing was he wound up leaving. Like he wasn't even there anymore. Like they changed management, but they kept their word to this. So I wound up doing this silent auction, which I had no plans of doing. And somebody, uh, a client I work with who owns hotels in Costa Rica, wound up donating two of those. And so it just kind of, it was all, it just blossomed and, um, yeah, it was down to the wire, like minute, like to the minute. But I, I raised it, and then I went to Cambodia. It was amazing. 
and the rest has been history ever since. From Cambodia, yes. you said you went to Brazil and two other countries. Tanzania and India. So the, the next year I created a platform called the, the Humanitarian Dance Experience. That was just all my own. And I went to these places and uh, I worked uh, with different, I worked with cross-cultural solutions. So I stayed in um, in kind of a, a base camp, so to speak. And then we worked with different people in the communities. And I also, I was really, I'm not a dancer, even though people sometimes because of my yoga background think I am, but <laughs> I love dance. And so I, I got to practice capoeira and you know African dance and African drumming and um, all kinds of different stuff just to kind of really make a deeper connection with the locals uh, who inhabit those areas. So it was, it was by far one of the most transformative experiences of my life, as cliche as that sounds. <laughs> no, not at all. How, so how did dance segue into meditation? Because you said you started meditation when you were in those three countries. I did. <laughs> it's funny you should ask that. So um, so when I, I started, uh, well, I, I, I've dabbled in meditation. You know, meditation is you know, the brother or sister, you could say, to, uh, to yoga. They, in fact, yoga really was the, the physical practice of yoga, the asana practice of yoga. I mean, asana means uh, posture or pose, um, which is my, my, my business is called Beyond Asana because I'm all about going beyond that. But um, the physical practice of yoga was designed so that the body could be uh, comfortable enough to sit for long periods of time in meditation. Uh, and, and most people, that's kind of lost in, in the Western culture these days. It's like, oh, yoga is to, you know, get a yoga butt or yoga is a workout. Or, or it's a very emotional experience uh, as well. But the connection to meditation sometimes is is lost. Uh, so, so, you know, I've always kind of dabbled in it. And, and played with different forms of meditation. But when I was in India, uh, I stumbled upon an ashram. Um, it's an Osho ashram. So Osho is, I always have a hard time, he's a man, and I always have a hard time describing him because he's kind of like one of those esoteric beings that like doesn't really have a title. <laughs> but what I will say is that he's a very controversial uh, Zen guru who was popular back in the 70s. He's no longer um, alive. Um, although in some ways I feel like he's still alive, if that makes sense. Mm. But um, but yeah, so he uh, he was a very controversial, he kind of pushed the edge of, uh, talks a lot about like conditioning and breaking conditioning and, and all of this kind of stuff. So he has several ashrams in India, huge one, particularly in India, uh, that is still going today. It's beautiful. So, you know, he has that. And um, I always wanted to, I, I started, he has these like Zen tarot cards that I started working with in 2005. And and they're not as woo-woo as they may sound. They're really just kind of like in your face. Like you pick a card and you're just like, holy crap, like this is exactly what I'm going through right now. Okay. And uh, so I've been, I was working with them. And by that, I just mean like, you know, I pick a card and, and read it or do a reading or something like that. And um, and I also had met a friend years back that had stayed in this ashram for a very, very long time. She went for like a week and she wound up staying there for like months. Um, so this, this seed was like embedded in me when I went to India, not to go to that ashram, but just to have this experience. And during, I was there for six weeks and I was supposed to do something with cross-cultural solutions like I had done in the other two, kind of stay in a base camp and do the surface work, but I wound up not. 
And instead, I wound up just kind of exploring the area and having amazing experiences. And towards the end of this time, I was like, I knew that I wanted to do something very meditational. I knew that I wanted to go somewhere and be quiet. And even if it was just by myself, uh, I had met a, fr- a, a guy who had introduced me to a little bit more uh, Osho stuff. It was called uh, dynamic meditation, Osho dynamic meditation. And <laughs> what this is, and this is how the kind of this dance and this movement uh, works into this, is that he, it, it was really funny how we did this. We, we round up, uh, he told me about this, this meditation, which will not sound like a meditation at all. And then we wound up going to uh, my room and just like practicing this. It was, it was a really hilarious experience. Um, so the way that this meditation works, which is a meditation that has, that changed my life, like all the way to like the core of my being is that you start by, it's an hour long but you're not sitting at all. Hmm. And it starts 10 minutes of this like chaotic breathing. So you're like breathing like really, really strong in and out of your nose, like kind of like passionately, like you're just going for it. And then from 10 minutes of that, you're like super worked up, right? And from that moment, there's, you, you follow this music. And from that moment, you start kind of wiling out, like for real, it's called catharsis, 10 minutes of catharsis. And you can do whatever you want. You can scream, you can jump, you can yell, you can kick, you can cry, you can laugh, you can dance. And it's, and I've, I've done this with groups of people. I do this every year with my teacher trainees. It is amazing. Like you think, and I know a lot of them think like, I'm not, oh, not going to really scream. I'm not going to, you know, I'm just, this isn't going to happen. It is like, imagine being in a room of about like 16, 20 people and all of a sudden this gong hits and everyone literally starts like screaming and jumping and pounding. And, and it sounds scary, but for me, it's insane. (laughs) It's, but for me, it's beautiful because uh, it's finally, people are receiving permission to, to just let it go, right? Like let go of all of their stuff, all of the crap that's, that's eating them. And, you know, uh, this, this, uh, guru Osho says, and I, I follow a lot of his stuff. It's kind of helped to, uh, to shape who I am as a teacher, although I have many things that have shaped me. Uh, but what I love is that, you know, he says that especially in Westerners. So like, you know, when, when meditation was in India, is in India and you know, really kind of was birthed, it, not necessarily birthed from there, but you can you can kind of put a lineage back to, to India. And the 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 body type, the things that that were done when, when meditation started is not where we are in the Western world. Like we sit at computers all day or we, you know, driving cars and our shoulders are slumped and our hip flexors are tight and you know, sitting still for a long amount of time is hard to do. Not to mention that a lot of times there's there's a lot of stuff that we have inside of us that we'd never necessarily uh, released. A lot of repressed stuff, a lot of emotional stuff that's just there. It's just inside of us. So what this type of meditation does is, which is why I love it, is it gives uh, us permission to let it go. Because what happens is that when a lot of times someone sits down to meditate, they like sit down and they're like, okay, I'm going to meditate. And, you know, they had that classic cross-legged position because that's always what you see. And the hands are on the thighs and the fingers are doing something fancy. <laughs> and then, you know, the eyes close and 
you look like you're meditating, <laughs> but you know, it's like the grocery list and the conversation that you have with that person that pissed you off and the, you know, the, Oh, is he going to call me? Or what, like whatever it is, there's, it's just, it's not meditating. You're just sitting and having a conversation <laughs> with yourself. Right. Uh, so the kind of meditation that I love and, you know, and I, and I didn't kind of finish the trajectory of the, uh, of the meditation. I'll do that quickly. There's, there's three more parts to it. The third part is this crazy thing where you're like jumping up and down and saying, uh, who, who, who over and over. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really batty. Uh, and then, and then you, you're still, but you're standing for like 15 minutes. And then the, the end is dance. It's ecstatic, beautiful dance. So this is this whole meditation kind of wrapped up which is what I learned when I was in India uh, from this, this uh, guy I met that we, you know, we ended up talking and hanging out and he taught me this meditation. And uh, I'm very tangential, so I'm going to come back full circle here. From the conversation of that moment to me wanting to have this deeper experience at the end of my trip in India, uh, a man came up to me while I was at a cafe outside and gave me a postcard. This postcard was to a local ashram, which was an Osho ashram. It was a smaller one. It was right on the Ganga River. It was amazing, simple. It was $11 a day for all yoga, all food and room and board. It was amazing. And I didn't even know it existed. And you know, the seed has, had been sowing for years to this moment where I was like, are you kidding me? And I, I, I left where I was. I went to this ashram for the last six days. And we literally did different kinds of meditations, unlike you would ever think of a regular meditation, five times a day. Our meditations, five times a day. So... You know, I started with the morning was the Osho dynamic meditation. And then there were ones where we just danced like ecstatically for an hour. And it was all about kind of shaking up the energy. So uh, if you've ever, have you ever heard of um, Kundalini yoga? Only vinyasa yoga from from Colleen. (laughs) Yeah. So Kundalini yoga is this kind of yoga that uh, they say that it's, kind of like the most advanced form of yoga. It's not anything like vinyasa. It's it's more about the energy of the practice. Uh, vinyasa is very much uh, oftentimes can be about the physicality of the practice. And it also then has the opportunity to be about an emotional uh, expression of the practice. Kundalini though, and all yoga is this, but uh, Kundalini is more about the energetics of the practice. And what I was doing in India was the same idea. It was about tapping in beyond the physical form into and beyond the mind, because that's the biggest thing. That's the biggest kind of obstacle is the mind. Uh, it's, it's using movement and dance and uh, kind of like in a way, either celebration or sadness or sorrow to tap into this energy, to shake it up, to release it. And to move it so that then you can sit and be still and quiet. And it, it it's crazy. At the end, I just recently did this Osho dynamic meditation with my students. And at the end, in the beginning, we'll say, they all, like I was asking them how they were feeling. And they were like, I feel volatile. I feel anxious. I feel this. And by the end, 
it was like it was a completely different room of people, myself included, that I didn't want to stop. I didn't want us to, to even talk because we were so tapped into something that was so beyond ourselves, but also so much within ourselves. It was in us. It wasn't from somewhere else that we got this way, uh, that it was so beautiful. And I knew that as soon as we started talking and breaking it apart, that some of that energy would shift and would go back to that logical thinking mind. So, so that's kind of my, <laughs> that's kind of my, my break on, on meditation and, uh, how I move into it. Uh, and, and not to say that I don't do guided meditations and I don't sit and I'm not quiet. Uh, but sometimes there needs to be a way to shake things up first, whether it's by practicing yoga or dancing or moving or just literally just having a, like a five minute scream fast and just letting stuff go. Uh, and then you can kind of sit with the, with the release because beneath all of this stuff that we pile on ourselves every day, the expectations and the worries and the fears and the comparisons and the judgments lies our truth. And by that, I mean, I deeply mean that we are all, we are all bigger and deeper and more entrenched in love than we actually a lot of times realize. And it's right there though. And it's waiting at any moment to be, to be considered or to be explored or to be honored. And it comes and goes as we tap in and kind of tap out. Brittany, I am just flawed right now. I mean, I can tell how passionate you are from listening to your stories. And I, I'm just like standing here, nodding my head like, oh my God. So I have two things that I just need to have addressed right now. Yes. And I'm sure a lot of my listeners and, and uh, eventually the readers who just read this my, from my blog yes. will have the question, how is this even possible? Because when I heard meditation, I was thinking right? you sit still, like, like you described it. You sit still with your legs crossed, like almost like a Buddha position mm -hmm. as yep. I, I imagine it. And you just sit there and an ohm, like hum, <laughs> hum to yourself. Like I just, I'm so taken back and I'm just, I cannot <laughs> believe that this is something called meditation. And it's so, it's so neat. So I guess really my my biggest question that I'm sure a lot of people want to know is how can you get started with this dynamic meditation mm. and, and what, yeah. how do you do it? How do you get started? So this dynamic meditation is is I mean this is this is a you know trademarked Osho thing that uh, that's really easy to find. Um, you can Google it very easily and you can, you can find it. Now, I will say, uh, as I said before, that, uh, that Osho is very controversial. So you'll see all kinds of crazy stuff about him. But um, what I like is that, you know, I, I take from, from what serves me and I just kind of like leave the rest. Uh, so, yeah, you can Google Osho Dynamic Meditation very easily and you'll find it. Um, and there's also, like, if you have Spotify, um, the, the actual... You just follow a soundtrack. Like, that's all it is. You just, it's a, um, an hour-long soundtrack that takes you through the journey. And it's not any words. And when I teach it, I don't, I don't talk with my students. It's just uh, each, each one changes through gongs. Like, you'll hear, like, gong, and then you'll know to do the next thing. Um, so, yeah, so you could just, you could just do that. Um, What's the name of the soundtrack on Spotify? Oh, uh, so Osho Dynamic Meditation. 
You just Google that. It's funny. I didn't even really plan to talk about this. How you, just, <laughs> well, how do you spell Osho? I'm just curious. O-S-H-O. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Osho. Cool. Yeah, Osho. Just Osho. Um, dynamic meditation. And, you know, for some people it will <laughs> it will free it might freak them out. Um, it's it's advanced. It's advanced. It really, really is. Uh, most of what I do with my students is advanced because it is not typical and it requires bravery. Uh, you know, it, it requires bravery to be in a group of people and to jump up and down and to scream and to, to bury your emotions. Uh, you know, it, it, it even takes bravery to uh, go around in a circle, which I do every single class I teach, and say your name and what you'd like to focus on in your practice. Like, to, to some people, that is even a daunting task. Yeah, I mean, you know? it sounds... I don't know how I would be like, I could do it maybe by myself. If I was like in an empty park, I wouldn't even yeah. feel comfortable doing it here in my apartment. And because I know I have neighbors who would probably think I was nuts and call the cops. Well, so, well yeah. let me just say really yeah. quick, funny. You should say that because that actually happened to me. Oh no. I got the cops calling me once <laughs> and my partner, uh, <laughs> entered the door and was like, there are three cops there. And they were like, <laughs> they were like, um, it, what's going on? And, you know, I, he had to come down and get me and I had to tell him and I was like, oh my God, I'm so, I had just gotten back from Nicaragua for two weeks. We were building two schools and I needed a release. So I did it. And yeah, the cops were called. But, you know, let me just say that like, this isn't, it's really the, the method into meditation, right? Like it's, 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 and it's not the only way like this this way that I just described is amazing, but it might not be for everyone and, and, and it might not be the place to start. What would be a good place to start? <laughs> yeah. So I would recommend that if, um, you know, if you need to start somewhere where it's like sitting down doesn't make sense for you, like trying, like, oh, I've sat down, I've tried to meditate, nothing happens. There's other ways that you could do it that aren't as um, kind of intense as an Osho dynamic meditation. Uh, but like, for example, I talked about Kundalini yoga, how it moves the energy. There are things in Kundalini yoga called Kriyas. Kriya means action. Actually, on my vlog uh, this week, and I can totally send you this link, I did one of these Kriyas. It's called the Ego Eradicator. It's very simple. You just reach your arms in the sky, kind of uh, lift your thumbs towards the ceiling. And for three minutes, you do something called the Breath of Fire, which is just sharp exhales out your nose. And... What this Kriya for me does, I did it for 80 days straight, just for three minutes a day. This still to me is like an active meditation because I'm not just sitting. I'm not sitting and trying to just be still. I'm creating action, which in Western culture, it's there's a lot of, of action-oriented things. So I'm not saying that we always need to pursue that, but it is definitely an easier gateway to move into something that is more action-oriented before we sit still. So, you know, if we do this, this ego eradicator uh, for three minutes, you're going to feel something at the end of that after doing this dynamic breath work for three full minutes. Then you can sit and even for one minute after that and just be still and quiet within yourself. And that is, it's really about creating a, a, a rhythm and creating a uh, kind of a pattern and habit every single day. So, you know, a lot of people are like, and I, I just, I had a client last night and this, this happened, you know, I was like, 
she was she was off from work for a while for for a couple months. She took kind of a little hiatus to really get back to her center. She got back to work and you know, she all the all the meditation and everything she was doing started to go away because other things took precedence. And I said, you, you I'm going to hold you accountable. What can we do in this next week where for 3 minutes a day you can do a meditation? And at first there was resistance and then there was like, okay, well, I'll do it when I get to work. And I was like, uh-uh, not when you get to work. Because when you get to work, there's going to be that email and that person's going to need something. And then again, it's going to get under the table and you're not going to do it. So I was like in the morning, oh, that might be hard. And I looked at her and I said, it's three minutes. It's three minutes. And, you know, in the age where I know that even as people are listening to this, they are scrolling Facebook, looking at Instagram, tweeting, you know, looking at YouTube, all of this stuff is happening and it takes way longer than three minutes. So like I like to say is like, if you have three minutes to scroll any social media platform, you have three minutes to sit down and do either a meditation or, uh, you know, a Kriya or a pranayama, which is really just, uh, it's a, it's like breath work to draw you in just a bit, right? Like just a bit. And with time doing that, yeah, it's three minutes a day. But if you do that every single day in 40 days, you're going to, there's going to be a change. There's going to be a shift because it starts to affect us on this more cellular level. And it's hard to explain, but like, Sometimes it's like, you know, if you really want to do something and you're trying it and you're trying and you're trying and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I don't have to try anymore. It's just things have just shifted, like something shifted inside of me and now I am doing this or I'm not doing this or I'm changing. Uh, and that's really how it can be. It, we don't have to work so hard and struggle for things. Uh, that's, that's a conditioning that we've been taught but it's not necessarily true. Things can actually come to us very easily and naturally if we are receptive to receiving them. And for me, the receptivity comes through practices like meditation and yoga. Meditation holiday survival guide. Uh, and, and really, it's more to, you know, a lot of times people say, oh, I have to survive the holidays because they're so intense and I have to see my family and I have to buy all these presents and all of this stuff. And, you know, I, my, my thing is like, don't, don't just survive the holidays, like thrive. Like this is a beautiful time where, you know, love is really uh, prevalent and, and, and kind of on the surface. So these uh, three guided meditations uh, are uh, guided by me. And the first one is <laughs> how to um, kind of deal with your family. A lot of times uh, holidays bring about a lot of family gatherings, which can bring your stuff up. Uh, so this is a really beautiful meditation on how to uh, kind of work with that and, and be present to that. And then another one is just about how to slow down and bring some calm into what can be a very frenetic time of year. And then the final one is uh, called Love Refocus. It's just turning us back to that space of love, uh, which for me, when we can move from that space and live and act from that space, we're in a really good spot. Like it's it's good stuff can come from that. Uh, and, and that's really, that's part of a uh, meditation buffet course that I'm, that I'm offering, which is going to be 40 meditations. Uh, guided meditations, and some of them will be screaming meditation, jumping, dancing, um, all like simple and guided, 
because I want to make meditation more uh, more palatable for people and, and, and more accessible and less um, kind of stereotypical. I have to sit still the whole time and, you know, ohm to myself. Ohm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, which is great. I mean, OM is a whole amazing thing, but you know, there's there's other ways. And and those other ways sound a lot more appealing to me, and I'm sure they sound a lot more appealing to my listeners. Cool. So thank you for that offer. I'll make sure that it's all linked up on your personal show notes page. Make sure you swing by Bent on Better and check out Brittany's page. But Brittany, in our final few seconds here, in our minute here, uh, sure. can you just give a, the best way for my listeners to connect with you? Yes. So uh, you can follow me on uh, Facebook. It's Beyond Asana is my page. You can like that page. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram uh, at Beyond Asana. And then my uh, website, which I'm sure you'll get, is uh, www.livingbeyondasana.com. Brittany, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. I've been very excited to get you on here, and I finally did. So (laughs) thank you so much for joining me today and for helping us get just a little better. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Matt. I would like to thank Brittany once more from livingbeyondasana.com for spending some time with us today and for teaching us a bit more about meditation. Before you check out Brittany's free gift at bentonbetter.com, please leave an honest and helpful review in iTunes. Each one helps the show tremendously and it allows us to keep going. Thanks so much. And until next time, this has been Matt April. I'll catch you later.